This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy! It is the Chicago First podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists and industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black. Welcome to Chicago. Okay. Yo, yo. Matt Muse, hey, Dynasty hey. Podcast live at Virgin Hotels. Hey. Thank you so much for coming up. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. You reached out to us... Um, online a little bit ago maybe a couple weeks maybe a month or two ago and and i'm so glad we're able to finally line this up so appreciate your patience thank you so we're going to talk about your mixtape we're going to talk about the tour you're doing Mm -hmm. all this kind of really cool stuff but Mm -hmm. same same as everyone let's start at the beginning how did music start for you when did this begin in your life um well music has definitely always been a part uh my life my parents my dad makes house music and he's always he's been making house music since day one then my mom always like sang in the choir and stuff like that. Um, so it's always been present. Then I think I got started with music when I graduated eighth grade. Uh, my pops, I think he saw how in love with hip hop I was, mm-hmm. and he bought me a drum machine as an eighth grade graduation gift. And that yeah, is so yeah, cool. it's so dope, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like okay, <laughs> that we is can such work. a killer yeah, gift. We can work with this. Um, and so he bought me <clears throat> that, and I started making beats at thirteen. And so throughout my whole high school career, I was producing and making beats on that drum machine. And then once I got to college, something was like, hey, maybe you should start writing raps. And I started writing raps while I was in when I was like seventeen, eighteen, um, and <clears throat> started performing on my campus. Uh, didn't have good enough beats i was happy with my beats but they weren't good enough so i started performing with a band too to do more music and then yeah that was kind of how i really really got into it and then i got serious with it uh maybe my third year in college and since when i was about 2021 20, and yeah okay wow so there's yeah. a lot to unpack there because that's a really yeah, yeah, cool it's a story. whole lot yeah um, my bad. <laughs> let, no no i love it i love it it's a lot to work with so let's start um kind of early on on that story mm-hmm. like your dad's a house producer like yes yes, yes. what was that like growing up in that environment where your dad's a producer Um, because that's not everybody's house yeah so i think for me it was like so cool my dad would would blast music all day all night um and he he's a a songwriter uh so he he would be singing these songs and then he would play them in the car or whatever like hey kids what do y'all think of this because i had to i have two siblings and then we would be singing this song so in my mind my dad's like a huge celebrity and he's making it you know what i'm saying so i i still remember to this day the songs that he was making back in the day um and so that was really cool and i think that he never hid music from us in any type of way so like he would play busta rhymes he would play you know outcast um when I when I told him I love Kanye West, he went and got me late registration. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so like, That's you know, so yeah, he 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 loved music, and then he also did a rap album with a group, and so I still have that album to this day. So like, my dad's a rapper in my mind too. You know what I'm right. saying? So I have all of these influences. You know. That are great. Yeah. Was it a given that you were going to go into music because it was in the household, or <laughs> um, I think that there was a given that I would love it definitely. Right. Um. I don't know about going into it because I don't think that I, I really showed that serious desire to do it amongst my parents until I got a lot older, until I got to college. Um, right. But I would say the stars were aligned and I just ended up following them a little late, you know what I'm saying? No, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it seems like it was bound to happen. I mean, especially yeah, yeah. getting the drum machine. Like, you get a drum machine in eighth grade yeah. when, you know, I remember being in eighth grade. That's when I started, like, becoming really interested in broadcast. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's around that eighth grade high school window is when you start developing kind of a serious idea of like, you know what? I think I love fashion. I think I love music, like whatever. So what was that like getting that, 
the drum machine at such a crucial moment yeah. in your development? Um, it was crazy because I graduated from eighth grade in 2006. So that's around the time where you have like the snap your fingers, <laughs> do your step, uh, you know, lean with it, rock with it. And, and I'm vibing with this music. And then I have these same sounds on this drum scene. So right. I start making the beats like, mm, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like I'm making those beats. And then also looking up to Kanye, who's producing his own stuff. So I think... Well, that was the golden yeah, age exactly, of yeah, Kanye right, just right breaking there, out. Right there. Yeah. And then Late Registration is my favorite, is my favorite hip hop album of all time, period. Sure. So um, yeah, it was it was critical. And it was it was something that was like, it was almost like getting a video game to me. I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't like, oh, I'm finna make beats and get a million dollars. It was like, yo, I get to make beats and this is fun. You know what I'm saying? Well, sure. You're kind of mastering yeah. I, I can see how it would feel like somewhat of a game like yeah. you're, you're mastering this device just no like guidance, you would, uh, no, I didn't look at the book I was like you know what I'm just gonna dive in and go crazy just self-made I feel yeah. like the best artists are oftentimes self mm-hmm. self-taught self-made mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're just like yeah I'm just gonna start making overalls yeah. I'm just gonna start making <laughs> right. beats you know <laughs> mm-hmm. um right on so did you did you develop that identity in high school then where people are like Oh, that's Matt. He makes beats. Mm-hmm. Not at all. No? Nope. In high school, I was very afraid of showing off anything that I was doing. Really? So, yeah. So, like, I was at the crib. The only people who knew I made beats was my brother, my sister, and my dad, and my mom. Other than that, that was it. You know, I wasn't I wasn't rapping. I was writing raps, but I wasn't right. rapping them. I was just too shy uh, when I was in high school. So, there was no output of it until I got to college. So, what, I guess, what helped you cross that that fence, like, you know, that barrier where you went from being too shy to suddenly being like, you know what? I'm an artist. I want people to hear my voice. Mm -hmm. I think that college opens so many doors for you to be yourself. I think college is a place of a bunch of different people coming together and being allowed to be themselves. Whereas in high school, it's almost like, yo, you gotta, you gotta adjust yourself to some type of norm. You know what I'm saying? Right. You gotta be like Um, everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. So once I got to college and I realized there were open mics where, you can just go do your thing and people going they they're going to they're going to listen to you regardless that was when i was like okay i can do this and then once i started showing it to people and people were like yo i i this made me feel some type of way this touched me in this type of way when i heard this lyric or when i heard this song that was when i was like okay yeah maybe this is a mission or something that i should make a duty you know what i'm saying well i mean finding community is such a huge thing because you're yeah. right like if you feel like you're alone in what you do yeah yeah especially when you're younger and you're still kind of developing that identity it can be really intimidating to like absolutely just go out one day and be like hey guys i'm an artist yeah i'm a rapper absolutely um so you mentioned open mics is that where you found young chicago authors or um way later okay (laughs) in my musical pursuit yeah so like i said i I was in school for a minute um Mm -hmm. i did i I went all the way through i finished but i did three years at a community college before transferring to northern illinois university Mm -hmm. um so northern illinois is about an hour and a half from chicago and I caught wind of Young Chicago Authors, I believe, the summer of 2015, when my good friend Stephen Willis was like, yo, here's all these open mics you should go to since you're trying to get your music out there. And I started right. going to Wordplay on Tuesdays. Um, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. you know. And that was when I really first got in tune with the open mic scene. But funny story or cool story, <laughs> the first open mic I ever went to was um, Umedia. And yeah. the summer sure. before I graduated, I mean, before I went to college, so remember I told you I was shy to get these rhymes off in high right. school. I was like, you know what, forget it. I'm just going to go up there. And I had a conversation with Brother Mike when I got there. And I was telling him how nervous I was. And he was like, just do it, bro. Just rap. And I rapped this long <laughs> rap that I wrote to start it up by Kanye West and Big Sean. Yeah. But I did it. And that was the first time I ever like rap rap. So it was here in Chicago just long before I met Young Chicago Authors. I had that quick experience at U Media, which was pretty cool, too. How did it feel when you suddenly like put yourself out there like that? It was the and most made terrifying yeah. thing ever. Yeah. Like at the time I was just so nervous. Like all of these people looking at you rap, rap these raps and you've never done them before. But 
it was also refreshing to finally be able to open up and let it out and have people hear something, you know. I bet. I'm sure it was really cathartic. Yeah, absolutely. What's it's a great word, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think what's really interesting is that, you know, I do this every week. I talk to mm-hmm. a lot of younger Chicago talent. And, and when I say younger, I don't even mean, like, age, but maybe, like, you know, they just put out their first project. Yeah. They're, they're mm-hmm. like, they're developing things. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the music side, so much now... I am hearing again and again and again, almost every week, that you media and young Chicago authors and louder than a bomb, like mm-hmm. that, those institutions really shaped. It feels like the wave of creative musicians and writers and poets mm-hmm. that are out right now in mm-hmm. Chicago. Yeah. So you're in good company. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and it, and I mean, it's just good what they're doing. That is consistently happening. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, like what it what. You know, Chance and them were in U Media back in the when I first went. I met Chance the day that I went to U Media. You know, what I'm right. saying 2010. So for it to be 2017 and people are still saying that YCA and and U Media are still these huge impacts on these youth. You know, and then being a being an instructor at YCA and seeing what it's doing on a weekly basis is definitely a beautiful thing. Well, let's talk about that because being an instructor, like that's really significant. Yeah, yeah. It's very meaningful. Yeah. Talk about how you got involved with that, and then and then kind of give us an idea of like what does that mean, or, or how do you see that like. I don't know. What do you take yeah. from that? Um, so, young Chicago authors. I like I told you, I was going to wordplay, um, but I felt like an old person in there, you know, because it was it was a lot of high schoolers there. And by the time I first went, I was twenty three. Man, so, it's it's funny 20, how like yeah. kids like I teach college. Mm-hmm. I'm in my thirties, and it's like you walk <laughs> in that room, and, and even like being in your early twenties, I bet mm-hmm. if you're around high schoolers, like mm-hmm. all of a sudden if you're in that room where people are like more than five years yeah, younger, it, it's weird. It's yeah. a wave. Yeah. So so for me, it was like, yo, this is really dope. I get to get my rhymes off here, but. Maybe I can contribute in a different way because I, I'm working on this degree and maybe, you know, I would love to see what I can do beyond just going to wordplay. Right. So I knew that when I graduated from college, I had no desire to, like, work a regular job. And the opportunity to to be a teaching artist presented itself over that summer. They put out the open application. Um, and I applied, did, like, a bunch of interviews, and it, it worked out. And it turned out to be something that I, I actually ended up enjoying and is able to help me sustain myself, you know, Outside of having to do a 40K a year job, 40 hours a week, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like being a teaching artist allows me to be an artist while also having an impact on the city and the people that I love in the city, you know what I'm saying, so much. Well, and I'm yeah. sure that, like, the the part where you get to contribute to and interact with, like, younger talent, like, yeah, what yeah. does that feel like? It's, man, so this this year was my first time going to LTAP, mm-hmm. um, and I, I'm going as a teaching artist, not as a, a participant. And I'm just watching these 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 youth just like do these poems, and it's blowing my mind. Like you can ask any other teaching artist, ask Kevin. Ask I'm literally right. sitting in here like, oh my god, this is like the most. <laughs> it's like it's like sports, but like for poems and bars. You know what I'm saying? And right. It was like yeah, it was epic, man. And to see just the passion that the that they have behind these words, to see like you know people people always talk about oh the youth this, the youth this, all these issues. No, like it's some smart, crazy, dope. You know, young people in the city right now doing amazing things, and that's that's what what I, I think that's what makes me happy about this. You know, like I really do love love doing this, and I love the kids, like for real, for real. Like they are epic, they're amazing, and I think LTAB and being in YCA has taught me that in less than a year. You know what I'm saying? Well, and you know the wave of of talent right now that's in high school and maybe attending yeah, like man. Louder Than a Bomb, Young Chicago Authors, man, they're going to be the wave that grew up the way that you did on Kanye West, mm-hmm. or that I done Smashing Pumpkins, like. Mm-hmm. And they're like going to the see Chance, by the way. Yeah. Love the Smash. <laughs> yeah. But it's like in Chicago, and I always talk about this. In Chicago, there've been like certain kind of bombs that go off. Yeah, or like mm-hmm. Smashing Pumpkins. When I was young, that happened and it meant something. You know, right. Kanye West 
I remember when Kanye yeah. West happened, and that meant something. Yeah. And Chance yeah. is this generation's, you know, bomb. Yeah. Like that that means something that he exists. So yeah, yeah. it's going to be very interesting to see what this wave of like middle schoolers, high schoolers do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure I'll be talking to them on this podcast in three years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Maybe right less on. than that. Yeah. Maybe less than yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's very exciting. So you're doing the teaching. But you're also doing your own music, oh, and yeah. you just released uh, in March of this year. I don't know why I said this year. Like, you know, about a month, month and <laughs> a half of ago. March of 2014. Yeah, Mar- yeah March of 2014. Uh, in March 2017, you yeah. released The Sick Tape, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about that, because it's a short, uh, it's like five songs. It's mm-hmm. a concept EP. Talk yeah. a little bit about kind of what, what's going on with that. Um, so, yeah, it's a five-song <laughs> EP that's basically... How do I sum it up? So it's a, it's like set in a dystopian Chicago land where people who are creatives and and want to you know use their art to make a change they're forced to be put they're called sick right. S I K K and they're forced to be put into these hospitals which are really prisons and the goal of these hospitals is to keep these people together so that they can't spread their sickness to the people who actually need to be influenced and impacted by it and inspired um, yeah like, exactly. yeah 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 so the 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 EP chronicles the journey of four people who escape from um, this this facility and are trying to get back to Chicago to infect the city with their sickness. So each song on the project represents a different uh, part in this escape. So the first song is the the prison break. The second song is the getaway car. Mm-hmm. The third song is the journey. The fourth song is, song is the arrival to Chicago. And then the fifth song is the realization that it's going to take work and not just words, you know what I'm saying, to, to really make that impact. And then there's going to be a part two to it called the ill tape. A little later, that'll be right finishing off the story. Yeah. How did you develop that narrative? And instead of just being like five, just random, yeah. unconnected songs, like you really built a storyline in that. Yeah. So, so the the narrative is definitely pieced together by the skits. There are skits in between each song. Right. I didn't want to sit there and like have this intricate thing where people are like trying to listen so so deeply to the songs that they're not able to enjoy them. So I figured put little tidbits in each song that mm-hmm. represent those things, but then piecing together really by the story. There's like the news reporter telling the story, you know, between each song. And so, right, you got like these yeah. like mini broadcasts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, and that pieces it together because you still want the music to be enjoyable, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I came up with it. I started writing the first song, Sick, uh, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of sat on it and was like, you know, I'm not, I don't know what I want to do with this song yet, but I really like it, so where am I going to go? And then, you know, once I was able to graduate from school, because I graduated last May, and really get full time to my music, I was like, yeah, I want to make this a project. I want to see what I can go with it. So I took a few more songs, pieced them all together with the skits, wrote out a whole script for the skits and everything, and then, yeah. Right on. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, now that that's out, like, yeah, yeah. you know, and you're already looking at the next project, but yeah, yeah. like, does that help you feel like, okay, now I'm established, like I'm a, I'm a musician, like I'm committed to this or, you know, what was the mindset after you like finally put that work out? Um, I've, I've been putting out stuff for a minute, um, okay. but that was all while I was in school. So I would say what it did establish in my mind was that now that I've graduated, now that I'm able to be in, you know, in the city, like I want to be back, move back home and be here, I, I've put out my first project as a as a re-Chicago win almost. Um, and that feels really good. Yeah. Um, definitely. So, I mean, I, I make music for fun, period. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's definitely what I do. But at the same time, I'm enjoying it all the while. So, you know, dependent, regardless of how people look at it, I'm happy it's out. I'm happy that I got it done. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, it's it's definitely a huge relief. But I'm also really looking forward to the more, dropping more stuff and the fact that I actually have time <laughs> now that I've graduated to drop as much music, you know, as I want. I think that's what most artists feel like. I mean, yeah. not, not even just with music. It's like 
once you put something out, I think a lot of times, for better or for worse, the first thought is like, all right, what's next? <laughs> what's the next thing I'm doing? Like, what's the next, you know, fashion line? What's the next project? The next yeah. video? Yeah. I'm telling you, the day after I dropped it, I'm like, oh man, I gotta write some more. Rap. What's you next? Know what I'm yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, people are finding it. You just did some college dates, right? What was that like? Um, so it was a, it was it was a mix of different shows in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the tour. Um, it was epic. It's it's yeah. not over. In the last show, we had a show on um, May twenty fourth at UIC. I mean, April twenty fourth at UIC. The last mm-hmm. show was on May eleventh in Toronto. Um, but we did. Let's see, what schools did we hit? We hit NIU, DePaul, mm-hmm. NYU, Howard, Morehouse, um, and UIC and U of I. Um, and all of those shows were just epic. NYU was crazy. Like, it was so nice. NYU's doing really cool stuff right now, man. Yeah, NYU's a beautiful school. It reminds it me of Columbia. Like, yeah. Yeah, in New York, though. Yeah. It's it's like Columbia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I went to CMJ for, like, two years, okay. um, which was cool. Mm-hmm. And then now CMJ doesn't exist anymore. But all of CMJ, <laughs> like, all the panels were at NYU. And okay. a, lot of the, a lot of the shows were centered around there. And so, mm-hmm. you know, for, like, a week two falls in a row like i spent some time over in that area and i, I fell in love Dope. it's such a cool space and i use i mean new york is a beautiful place this is Absolutely. my first time going to new york actually being with the tour and i think that the dopest thing about uh the tour in general was seeing my music take me you know places like it's cool to go on a trip you know and it's just like oh yeah i'm gonna go to new york but it, like to, to be having to go to new york to rap raps is a beautiful thing and like it the opens doors yes yeah, it was this the tour has been fantastic and i'm excited about the uh the the Toronto show with the UIC show I would say NYU and UIC stand out to me the most and then what we also did was I don't know if you're familiar with So Far Sounds yes yeah we did Absolutely. we did three So Far shows too along the tour so So Far New York So Far Philly and So Far DC and then we had a show in Huntsville Alabama called Fox Fest which was headlined by Mick Jenkins right um, and then we did that show too which was really really dope um so yeah. Now, another artist that, uh, you know, talking about Mick Jenkins, like another mm-hmm. Chicago artist that you have been touring with, uh, Malcolm London. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Malcolm mm-hmm. London doing really cool stuff. We mm-hmm. just had him on this podcast a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. What's it been like going out on the road with him? Was that somebody you knew previously mm-hmm. or talk about that? Yeah, so I did three shows with him. Literally just got back from Cleveland yesterday morning. Yeah. Um, I did three shows this past week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Wednesday, we were in Bloomington, Indiana. Then Thursday and Friday... Cincinnati and Cleveland. Um, I did know him because of the Young Chicago Authors co- right, Connection. Right. Um, I actually, funny thing, I actually met him for the first time the first time I went to Wordplay. Um, but I was sitting down with the mirror actually, and we mm-hmm. were like, you know, planning out my tour. And then somebody else was in the room, and they were like, "Yo, you know, since you have this big gap between UIC and Toronto, you know, maybe you guys could try to collaborate on something with you doing things with the Opia tour." Talked yeah. to Malcolm about it. He was like, I would love it. And then we, you know, we we did it and did three shows. They were all really, really good. Cincinnati was my favorite. Um, but yeah, you know, he he's I, I, I like what he stands for, you know what I'm saying? Like the whole the activist tip, you know, right. I, I respect I respect that that's what he stands on. Um and that he's continuing that um while also making this hip hop music, you know, and it was a good time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's a really cool bill. Yeah. Uh, so now that the project's out, the sick tape, yeah, yeah. you know, you're active on the road. What else is on deck for you in 2017? What are you looking at? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> so I got a single coming out soon. I'm going to drop a, you know, a follow-up single for the project uh, probably mid-May. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the next thing coming. Uh, music video for my favorite song on the project, which is called Cruising, mm-hmm. featuring Freddie Oldsoul, which is another amazing Chicago MC. Um, so her and I are going to be dropping a video for that in June. That's the goal. Um, and then really just writing more raps, you know, and putting out more music over the summer. And then the goal is to 
do a West Coast leg of what we're doing. I don't know if it'll be right attached on. to the tour, but to hit the West Coast by the end of the summer and get some more shows out there and just keep spreading what we're doing. That'd be so cool. Yeah, yeah. I would. I that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. The so second you said West Coast, like automatically, I'm like, oh man. I guess it's raining <laughs> it's outside. Raining, like, it looks like it's on, November, but like, it's April. Hair, I was soaked, bro. I had to shake yeah. my hair when I walked in here. Yes. Yeah. So the hit, and I've never been west, so I'm excited about. Oh this man, yeah. you're gonna have a blast. Yeah, I hope so. Definitely. Um. Right on, man. That's so cool. Uh, Matt Muse, the project is called The Sick Tape. Where can people find it? Where can people follow you? Cool. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Muse 12. That's M A T T M U S E 1 2. And you can find the project on SoundCloud. Just type in Matt Muse and you'll find me right there or in the bios of both my Twitter and Instagram. It's right there. So it's all yeah. there, man. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, the invite I always give people is that, like, as you have new things going on, the mic's always on. Please come back and we'll. Love. We'll continue the conversation, man. Absolutely. And thank you so much for reaching out and and like volunteering to come on because I love when people are like eager and, and no, it's y'all, just it's what an y'all easy doing thing. is like the first Dynasty event I went to was the one the Lollapalooza panel over yeah. the summer. Yeah, and it was like you know to have access to that as a young artist. You know, I don't have to pay you know bread. You know, nobody's trying to swindle me out of money. Y'all just trying to give information. I love it. You know what I'm saying, uh, man? It's, that's it's so beautiful. important though because I teach. I always say this, I teach at Columbia College, mm-hmm. and what I saw, I've been teaching there for four years now, mm-hmm. and I would see students, like if I was teaching an evening class during dinner mm-hmm. time or a lunchtime class or something, I see students come in and they're eating like Cheetos for lunch, yeah. mm-hmm. or like, you know, a Snickers for dinner, yeah. and <laughs> I'm like, serious. man, they either don't have money to go to a panel, or if they have money, they're not spending it on a panel. Yeah. So I'm like, we got to keep this free, because, you know, artists, entrepreneurs, students, like the kind of people who need this information, we're not really aiming it at like, you know, a professional who's been working at like, you know, like a Leo Burnett company for 20 right, years. Those right. people are welcome to come, right. but they know the score. We want right. to get like the next wave and, and right, help right. inform them. So that's cool. Yeah, you were there. Beautiful. Man. No problem, man. Absolutely. Um, we'll continue this conversation. This The project is called The Sick Tape. Yeah, yeah. Matt Muse, thank you for coming up, man, thank and starting this out, man. Absolutely. I love Appreciate it. You, brother. Thank you. Thank you, man. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcast. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, Dynasty Descend.